A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns, listen. Your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together in singing, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed them. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bowed his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The response to the psalm is, all the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. All the ends Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. With his right hand and his holy arm has he won for himself the victory. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. The Lord has made known his victory, his righteousness has he openly shown in the sight of the nations. He remembers his mercy and faithfulness to the house of Israel, and all the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout with joy to the Lord, all you lands. Lift up your voice, rejoice and sing. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of song, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout with joy before the King, the Lord. The Lord, the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Let the sea make a noise and all that is in it, the lands and those who dwell therein. Let the rivers clap their hands and let the hills ring out with joy before the Lord. When he comes to judge the earth in righteousness, shall he judge the world and the peoples with equity. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. The second reading is a reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Long ago, God spoke to the ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he has also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. 
or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his servants flames of fire. But of the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And in the beginning, Lord, you founded the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like clothing, like a cloak. You will roll them up and like clothing, they will be changed. But you are the same and your years will never end. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand if you're able to receive the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and the truth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Christ. In the name of the living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. As I was thinking about what to say this evening, I was reflecting on some of the other Christmas midnight-ish masses that I've been part of during my ordained life. I was remembering those when I was first ordained, which was before the licensing hours changed, uh, when, of course, you ended up with uh, 
the people being thrown out of the pubs at 11 and wandering around the streets and then sort of tipping into the church. Um, I remember one when, um, when I was a curate in Carlisle where it was a, a truck driver who'd been um, black, well, well bladdered, I think it's fair to say. He was so drunk that uh, he turned up at church um, looking for the truckers in um, and he thought he'd found it. Um, so we had to, had to disabuse him and say, no, we weren't going to give him a bed for the night. And actually, it was, just, it was another mile or two up the road. I'm sure you all come with your own different stories of different Christmas nights, um, different services, different experiences. And I'm pretty sure there won't have been many in any of our experience like this one. This year has been unique and not in a good way. And this Christmas shares some of that. Yes, we can gather, though spaced out and distanced and wearing masks and generally trying to be careful. But apart from them lucky folk up the front there, the rest of us can't sing. And Christmas carols is the only thing that I know of that normally gets the average Anglican congregation actually to open their lungs. And we can't do it. Christmas has not been cancelled, but it has been stripped bare. We've had a sad and difficult and a tragic and a fearful year, and we can't even forget it all by having a party, because we're not supposed to gather. So here we are, not in a time that any of us would have chosen but as one of the Facebook memes going around reminds us, the first Christmas was quite downbeat as well. Not at all like a nativity play. The first Christmas is a story of poor people in poor surroundings to whom something amazing, something extraordinary happens. Into their poverty, and obscurity, God comes. It's not quite like winning the lottery, though. A bit more in reverse, really. They don't suddenly become rich. God becomes poor. In taking flesh in a small village in Israel, God changed everything. No one can think anymore that God is some distant figure in a parallel dimension up there or down there or around there or somewhere else. God is among us. God is with us. God is within us. That is the shocking truth of Christianity, which Christians, to do them justice, have spent many centuries trying to avoid because it's just too shocking. But Christmas comes round and reminds us again that God refuses to keep his distance. God goes everywhere. And wherever God goes is holy, because that's what makes things holy, is the presence of God. So the incarnation means that a manger in a house somewhere in Bethlehem was holy, it also means 
that you are holy and I am holy and all sorts of places you wouldn't think could possibly be holy are holy because God is there. God has burst out of the temples that human beings try to pen him into. God is wild and free in the world and he's even more contagious than a virus. So while it's true that this year we can't celebrate Christmas as we normally do, and we can't celebrate Christmas as we might like by having a good party either, we are not just left to wallow in the remnants of the Christmas we would have liked to have had. However few you may be at lunch tomorrow, every home can have one guest at least. Jesus Christ is born into our world and lives among us and with us. We are not alone, any of us. Now that's tough to feel and to know when there's no one else there in body. But that's what we're doing here and now, being invited to make that connection again, to realize that we are one with Christ. As we hear the story again, as we receive the sacrament, we're invited to make that story of God again our story. Because just as the divine guest comes into our own homes and makes them holy too, there is one place which even this Christmas we are allowed to visit. The manger in Bethlehem now has room for an infinite number of guests, and we are all invited. So by being here, here and now, you're coming into contact again with that story of Jesus, that story of God coming into the world, which offers to make sense of all of our own stories of our own lives offers us the chance to tell again the story of who we are in the light of who God is. But it's still an offer. Nothing is forced on you, nothing is forced on anyone. God comes into the world as a helpless baby. A baby can't do anything to compel anyone except to cry, and they're pretty good at that. I think one of the worst lines in the entire hymnody of the church is the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I would just like you to remember whenever you sing that, it's not true, okay? It's a lie, he did. The story of Jesus comes to the story of your life and asks to be let in. It is... As Jesus says in the book of Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you keep the door shut, he won't force his way in. But if you do let your story be woven more into the story of Jesus, then your story changes. However long that story has been part of yours, it can still be woven more in. 
And it's a true story of God's love, which changes lives and changes societies. It's not just something that happened once many centuries ago. It's something that continues to happen again and again in the church, in those who believe in Christ, and in the world. The church tonight celebrates not a past event, but a living reality. And in wishing you a very happy Christmas, I hope that the story of the living Jesus will be retold again in you and for you and through you for the peace of the world and the joy of all humanity. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.